Hi, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 60. Wow, relieving stress. about the fact that you just pointed at me when you said become a better human being. No, I thought I pointed at, uh, for a different part of that. Nope. No, I'm off my game today. <laughs> Welcome to becoming... What is it? I don't know. It might be changing. Oh, oh, it probably is. We, we in fact, have a good new name for the podcast. One we that do. is sufficiently less self-helpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doesn't sound like something you would pick up at the uh, self-help aisle at a at your local bookshop. Yeah, so don't um, get too attached to the name. Yeah. But we're just but, we're just preparing you and for the if change. You, if you have an even better idea, yeah, send it along. Chris at a life of productivity.com. We're still brainstorming, coming up with some fancy new art for you all. So stay tuned for that. It's been kind of stressful having to uh, come up with this new name, new artwork, designing a new website. We thought, it hasn't been actually, but we thought this would be a good time to talk about stress relief, a topic that is near and dear to all of our lives, but something that uh, you know we've been looking deeply into the research lately and have discovered some things that we thought would be worth sharing. Yeah, and this is probably relevant for a lot of people right now. Schools are coming back open. People are going back to work after vacations because I feel like the whole world just collectively decided to take August off, which is, I mean, I wish I got to take August off. I'm a little jealous. I think a lot of people wish they could have taken off August off. We had an episode about this a few weeks ago too, about people not taking vacations. So if you're like me and didn't get to take August off, maybe you're feeling a little stressed with everything coming back to normal at work and stuff. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about stress at this What's episode. What's stressing you out right now in, in your life? This is a particularly stressful time right yeah, now. So. <laughs> this is one of the inspirations for this episode. Yeah, I'm um, finishing up my PhD right now, which is both really exciting smart. and yep. terrifying. Um, but it means that I'm, I'm in the process of going on what economists call the economics job market, which is a very structured way to leave the PhD and get into Hmm. the workforce, which is exciting. I mean, economists know how to make this more efficient, but that also seems to be very stressful. So yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like picking somebody for your team in elementary school where, (laughs) you know, you don't want to get picked last or last for a a certain job or something. Does it have that kind of vibe to it as well? Yeah. I mean, it does feel a little bit like you don't have a lot of choice over where you end up, which is very unusual for a lot of fields, right? I mean, normally you apply for jobs and you get to choose where you end up living because you pick Hmm. jobs in a city. But I think if you're very tied to academia, then you don't get a lot of choice of where you live. But that's that's true for all academic fields. But it is a stressful time finishing up a PhD, looking for whatever's coming next after this PhD. It's a lot of stuff. development projects at the same time. And of course, the most stressful element of your life, the becoming better podcast that that we record every two weeks. Oh, yeah. Huge source of stress. And of course, being with you. But uh, Of course. Yeah, that that (laughs) goes goes without saying. But we we thought it would be helpful to A, break down the types of stress that we face in our life because there are kind of 
four different types, uh, and then go into the actual neurochemistry. We, we won't go too deep into that. It's possible to get too into the weeds and never focus on the practical, tactical side of stress relief. But there is some actual neuroscience and psychology behind this stuff, so you can rest a little bit easy because of that. Uh, and then we'll finish up with some tactics that'll help you relieve that kind of stress. Can't wait. So from a, a sort of 10,000-foot view, it's important to kind of look at the different sources of stress that we have in our lives and approach it with a broad categorization, uh, understanding what the different types of stress that we face fall into. And if you imagine business school 101 grid in your mind, where <laughs> this, this seems to be a phenomenon unique to business school, you know, kind of simplifying these complex ideas down into a simple two by two grid. Oh yeah, I've used, I should, I, so I, my undergrad for context is in business and then I switched into economics moving forward from there. And one time I did use a two by two grid to kind of describe some kind of thing in some economics presentation I did in my master's and my professor was like, never use those in econ. <laughs> so it is a very business school thing to have these kind yeah. of like two by two grids where there's two dimensions and they fall into two categories, which almost nothing actually falls into two categories, right? I mean, like things are not binary like this in no. almost any field uh, or any kind of definition, but it is a kind of simplifying way to view a topic. Yeah, it, it's a very helpful way because our, our brain is designed to categorize things. And so we, we can develop a greater understanding of complex ideas by categorizing things across two different essentially variables. Um, and that, that's what you find across the stress relief literature is that there are, uh, there, there's one main way of breaking it down, which I'll get to in a second, but there's a second way that from a pragmatic standpoint, I think is helpful. So with, with that fluff out of the way, uh, the, the first way that we should be thinking about the stress that we have in our lives is based on whether something is acute stress or chronic stress. And so acute stress is just something that is once off. It's temporary and there's an end in sight. It's the traffic jam on the way to work. It's the argument that you get uh, in with your partner that uh, you know there's a resolution around the corner. It's a major life event that you have to get through. It's it's a bad performance appraisal, something like that, something that you experience once off. But the chronic stress is a deeper problem uh, because we have this stress response that activates in response to stressful situations where our body gets flooded with cortisol and, and we get ready to essentially mobilize to face down whatever, whatever the stressor happens to be. We might start breathing more heavily. We might start sweating. Our palms, knees weak, arms are heavy. You know, mom's spaghetti. And, and we go through this, this whole process uh, in response to stress. And when we face acute stress, acute stress, we actually can mobilize it. We can find more energy to deal with the stress. But chronic stress is a bigger issue across our lives. That's the nagging financial worries that you might have uh, if you find it difficult to make things work at the end of each paycheck. It's the constant stress from a, a maybe a toxic relationship in your life that you can't see a way out of. Um, you know, that those are a couple of dark examples, but it could ju just be as simple as you don't have enough time in the day for all that you have to do. 
So, or you have a PhD thesis that just isn't done and has been nagging you every hour of the day for five and a half years. And that's a good example of how it's sometimes difficult to create a dichotomy around these ideas where you can bifurcate all sources of stress across the, the acute and chronic spectrum because on one hand, the end is in sight for you. It's, it's yeah. hopefully in about a year. Hopefully, I say, fingers oh, crossed, it's, knock it's, on. It's going to be done in next year. All right, you heard it here first <laughs> on, on the podcast, everybody. Come hell or high water. <laughs> but it has been a chronic source over the last year yeah. or so. Uh, so that's kind of the first dimension that we can think about stress. But the second is, I think, a bit more pragmatic. And that is whether something is preventable or unpreventable. And if you feel like really stepping back from the different elements of your life, you'll find that pretty much any source of stress is preventable. You know, you could become a monk in the woods and pretty much solve all your problems, but it would mean restructuring your days and your life and maybe introducing a bit new stress uh, in the process. And so it's worth breaking things down, whether it's on a piece of paper or even just within the depths of your own mind uh, to figure out which ones you can prevent. But today we're mostly chatting about the unpreventable sources, uh, the stuff that continues to come up uh, if it's chronic or the once-off things that we're going through every once in a while that we may need to just balance out with some stress relief strategies that actually work. Yeah, because there are ways of dealing with stress. I mean, a, a life without stress, is it, it also detracts a lot of meaning, right? Like there are positive sources of mm -hmm. stress. Like it's stressful before you get married, for example. A yeah. lot of people feel a lot of stress around that, but nobody's going to say you shouldn't get married or like, or shouldn't actively seek out these life events that tend yeah. to add a little stress, right? Well, that's uh, Kelly McGonigal, the author of The Upside of Stress. We've, we've had her on the podcast before. Uh, she talked about that in that book too, mm -hmm. where if you went through your life and removed every single period of stress, especially the stress that's acute, uh, your life would be devoid of all meaning and purpose because, you know, sure, Christmas dinners are stressful when you're bouncing between families, but you look back on that and you remember all the moments you shared with those people. You know, sure, there is some stress in the background, but with the long arc of time, that stress that was in the background of those events fades and you remember what lies on top of the surface of that background of stress. And so that is important to keep in mind, but in the moment, that stress is still there and we got to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to dive into a whole bunch of strategies that can work, but maybe you could explain why they work. I mean, I know there's a whole bunch of yeah. hormone stuff, and this is one of those <laughs> things where I have read so many books yeah. that talk about all these different neurochemicals and all these different hormones, and I still can never remember what they are. I mean, I feel like yeah. these are people talk about dopamine in basically every <laughs> pop psychology book out yeah. there, and I still can never keep them straight. So yeah. why don't you break that down? And I think that's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not our job. It's it's our job to maybe understand a bit of why these strategies work. So uh, I think that's the the important bit to cover. And if if you want to geek out over this, 
that's fine. If, if you don't, that's okay, too. There's 30-second skip button. You can probably tell when we're on, on to the next topic. But essentially, the stress relief strategies that actually work, as defined by the APA, the American Psychological Association, they are the ones that, and those are the ones that we're going to go through in a second, but they essentially reduce the levels of cortisol in your body. So that's the hormone that our body releases in response to stressful situations. And so cortisol is a hormone, this is important to remember, that we release in response to stressful situations. So it's not the problem in and of itself, it is the response to the problems that we face. Uh, But there are other hormones and neurotransmitters that our body releases actively um, to lead us to calm. And so serotonin, is one of those that that is kind of the the feeling of of accomplishment. Sometimes the feeling of superiority. Um, uh, oxytocin is the feeling of connect uh, connection. You know, if we spend time with other people, we might release uh, a bit of serotonin and oxytocin. Uh, serotonin, you know, it is the chemical of superiority. That's important to keep in mind. Um, but it's not all bad. It's it's essentially a happiness neurotransmitter. Uh, endocannabinoids are what lead us to feel calm, uh, and we often have to do something active to release them. Like running actually re- releases endocannabinoids. Uh, meditation releases them as well. Dopamine is also kind of a mixed chemical. We can get it from different sources, right? Just like you can get energy from uh, a chocolate bar, you can get energy from a bowl of spinach. Uh, Dopamine is kind of similar. You can get a hit of dopamine from refreshing Twitter for the nth time that hour, or you can get it from engaging the logical part of your mind. Uh, Endorphins are that rush that you feel when you exercise, when your body... Uh, experiences a bit of a challenge, sometimes a bit of pain. Stretching is a good way of releasing endorphins. So is exercise. Um, and yeah, those, those, so essentially that whole concoction of stuff, right? Essentially, we get these chemicals, these chemicals that make us feel calm, connected, like everything is okay. When we do something that allows us to feel like we're important, when we're working out, when we can move some weights around, we get that immediate feedback uh, that we accomplish something. But we also get it from connecting with other people, from investing in ourselves, from doing something that allows us to calm down or challenge ourselves. And so in that way, we sometimes go about relieving stress in the wrong fashion. We lie on the couch and check Twitter, but we just kind of bounce around getting these empty dopamine hits. Uh, Often calm and relaxation is an active pursuit, as we'll find going through the list, because connection doesn't just happen, right? Accomplishment doesn't just happen. Thinking doesn't just happen. Getting these endorphin hits doesn't just happen. Relaxation and stress relief is often uh, this active process. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's something I definitely recognize in myself. I know Mm. when I'm feeling stressed, the two things that I find the most helpful for me are working out, which is something I've probably talked about a lot on this podcast, Yeah. but also uh, spending time with with you in particular. Um, A nice, like quick hug. I thought you said earlier in the show that that stressed you out. No, I was kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think getting like a hug during a break at work is, is something that I've 
really leaned into during COVID. It's been nice having you home because it means, I know I use Focus Made a lot at work and these are kind of like these 50 minute sessions. You yeah. have to work really deeply on something. Nobody hugs you there. Nobody hugs you, but no. they have a nice built in 10 minute break, which is just long enough for me to make a new cup of tea and get a nice like 30 second hug from you, which is just enough to feel a little more chill before I go into my this next session. Is why you push me away when at the 30 second mark? Yep, I time yeah. it exactly because I'm <laughs> such an econ. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Deep, boop, boop. But I definitely find that quick little 30 second hug and a little bit of connection time is so valuable for kind of resetting after maybe a 50 minute session of just battling with code, which can be no. particularly stressful. So Battling with code. Oh yeah. It's so, it's so exciting just sitting in R all day and duking it out. R all day. I'm a pirate. Arr. <laughs> What's your biggest coding tip for aspiring coders out there? Plan it ahead of time. Yeah. Don't just go into your code and think you can just pound it out. No, you need to have a plan. And I always have like a wireframe for my code. I don't know. Oh. That's um, I don't, something wow. I was never taught because I, I think in economics, you don't get a lot of formal training on programming. No. Um, so it's something that I've just developed as I learn more and more about coding. Interesting. All that, the programmers on, on who actually listen to this podcast are probably pulling their hair out like, of yeah, course, that's what of you course. do. But, but I, actually, you'd be surprised. I've, I've worked with a lot of, well, mostly WordPress coders, so maybe they're a different breed, but I don't really think that they are. Uh, yeah. That will just kind of headstrongly try to target a problem and then they'll end up creating more work for themselves because you know the more knowledge-intensive uh, a, a solution should be, the more that finding the right approach uh, becomes important. And that's true for coding, that's true for writing, that's true for stress relief. Yeah. And Maybe. and the other thing is write comments for yourself, not just oh, for future people, because yeah. sometimes it'll be months between times when I touch a project, right? If yeah. I submit and then have to come back to it after months, sometimes it's good to leave yourself reminders for why you did the things you did. Programming break. There you go. On becoming better. So, Sorry. All right. <laughs> no, I, I think that's good advice for, for any problem. <laughs> the more knowledge intensive something is, the more that you should think it through before execution. Mm -hmm. Sharpen that axe before cutting down that tree, as Abraham Lincoln might say. But stress relief strategies are another way of sharpening, sharpening an axe because you get more mental resources for whatever problems that you want to tackle. Uh, even if that problem is just the fact that you're a bit stressed out, a bit burnt out. And luckily, for our sake, for the sake of all of us listening and hosting, I guess, the podcast, uh, the APA, the American Psychological Association, has broken down what stress relief strategies that they consider to be the most powerful in helping us overcome the stress in our life especially the stuff that we cannot tame. So we're going to work our way through this list. There are nine strategies to share. Yeah, and these work, I think, tying this back to what we were talking about before with all the neurotransmitters and hormone discussion, yeah. you get lost when Chris talks about dopamine and stuff like I do. All of that is important here because... <laughs> or, or you just tune out. Or you tuned out. Yeah. Maybe you skipped 30 seconds and that's cool. But that's cool the reason all that matters is because these strategies are are shown and proven to be effective at kind of rebalancing or, or giving you the neurotransmitters you need to feel a little more calm and connect. Number one. Exercise. Exercise. This, this is, is a, your favorite. This you is my number one for sure. Um, I've been a runner forever and I think... 
my running tends to increase as I get more stressed. I know that's something not everybody finds easy to do. Like I think a lot of people find exercise more difficult to to kind of find in time for when they're feeling more stressed. But I know this is something that they they've definitely there. Are, I'll, we, can, we can include the study in the show notes, but there is evidence that people actually tend to perform better when they are exercising yeah. to a point. I think there's a tipping point where if you're overly stressed, exercise actually makes it worse. But if you're kind of in this mm. mid range of of being stressed, but not overly stressed, exercise can actually help you tame that down and, and perform better overall. Yeah. And, and this is kind of an interesting one to lead off with because, you know, we were just talking about how stress relief sometimes takes work. Exercise is most definitely something that people put off mm-hmm. for later. And in that way, you know, we shouldn't let needing to relax, you know, re- relaxation should not be one more thing that we add to our to-do list. Yeah. Um, we, we, but at the same time, we need to invest in strategies that genuinely lower the level of stress hormones in our body. And when it comes to that, exercise or sports, whatever it happens to be for you, find the form of movement that works the best for you. Uh, it's in a league all of its own. And, and not only in the short term does it sop up the stress and rebalance the, the neurochemicals in your mind, essentially uh, lowering and raising the different uh, neurotransmitters that we were talking about to be at, at uh, levels that are normal and should be expected of a human being so that you don't get too anxious as well. Uh, exercise has also been shown to calm you down in the long run. And actually, um, one study from Princeton found that it reorganizes the brain to be more resilient to stress over time. And so in terms of building a habit, something we talk a lot about on the podcast, this is one that is worth building a habit around. For sure. And it can be a little difficult to to start. Obviously, all big new habits are hard to develop at first, but this one is that one that's definitely worth it. It's, it's the time you invest, yeah. you'll get in spades back. So yeah. definitely worth it. Number two, meditate. Now, we, we talk a lot about meditation on the podcast and uh, it not only relieves stress, it lowers your blood pressure. It reduces a lot of your negative emotions, especially uh, surrounding anxiety. We're going through such an anxious period right now uh, with all the news that's happening around the world, which tends to be overly negative in the first place. Uh, But it also lets you reduce stress. It helps you relax more than almost anything else on the list. And so that is number two. And I know that if I'm going through a, an especially stressful time, uh, I'll up how much I meditate because I, I think there are incredible productivity benefits to, to the practice of meditation itself. And so if you are going through an especially stressful period, it'll help you unwind, but it'll also help you organize your thoughts and make sense of what you're going through. Yeah. And these are there are lots of ways to start approaching meditation. Um, yeah. There are lots of different ways to adopt a mindfulness practice, um, including guided meditations are a good way to start if meditation without any kind of guided form stresses you out or intimidates you. There are a lot more approachable ways too. So yeah. Lots of it there. Headspace is a great app. Uh, Insight Timer. Yeah, that's is, what we both use. Yeah, we both use Insight Timer. Big, big fan. You can see who's meditating around the world when you sit down to practice. But there's also a wealth of guided meditations and it's all free unless you want to pay to support the app uh, and get the ability, I think, to pause 
a lot of the meditations. I'm not totally sure. I know I've yeah. I've supported a few of the in- t- instructors that I particularly like. So yeah. you also have the option to to support the teachers you really like. It, but it's totally optional. So no pressure there. Number three. Reading. This is another big one. And I think this is one of those ones that people think of as kind of the the utopia of relaxation, right? (laughs) Is reading, but it can also help you feel more relaxed. You don't need to be in a relaxed state to read. I think it can work the other way too. So it's one of those, those, um, those tips that just seems to really help. And I mean, I think one study showed that reading can actually reduce your stress by about like 68%. So it's not that you need to be relaxed to read. I think it can work the other way around too. Mm, Number four. Listening to music. Uh, we, we were looking at a bit of research before, and studies have shown that listening to slow, relaxing music slows down your pulse hmm. and your heart rate. Interesting. This is why I listen to so much uh, slow Kenny Chesney songs. It lowers your blood pressure and actually also releases the levels of cortisol and stress hormones in your body. Yeah, Chris loves to listen to the Pure Spa yeah. <laughs> playlist it's on very, Apple Music. Yes. It is very relaxing. Yeah. It feels like you're in a spa. Yeah, you can close your eyes and just pretend. And I let guess. your heart rate fall to 30 beats a minute. Yeah. There you and, go. Yeah, don't listen to for it to too long. You don't want it to fall to zero. <laughs> I don't think it's cumulative. Oh, okay. Number <laughs> five is going on a nature walk, right? Just time with nature. Uh, one study found that if it, even if it's dead cold outside, that in addition to the stress relief strategies, uh, our memory and attention spans can improve by around 20% when we take a walk through nature. Yeah, this is another big one. I think during COVID that a lot of people have have maybe embraced a little bit more yeah. going out for your your daily walk. And if you're fortunate enough to le- live near any kind of green space, this is definitely worth doing or make, maybe taking the long walk if it's a little further from your house. But Number six. Spending time with friends and family. This is kind of like what I just talked about, like yeah. taking a little cuddle break. The oxytocin mm-hmm. inducing one. Yes, Make sure you spend enough time, though, to to really dive into the benefits of this. But these have a ton of benefits, right? I mean, I, I think a really good support network is associated with things like a sense of belonging, increased self-worth, security, um, but also reduces your stress level, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Number seven, uh, so we're talking about oxytocin here. Uh, is the chemical of connection. And one one thing that comes up repeatedly in the research, and maybe because uh, some of the research is funded by massage therapy organizations, if, if that such a thing exists, uh, but the research really does bear out that a one-hour massage can really significantly increase your oxytocin levels. And a 1.5-hour session can, uh, one study shows, uh, significantly lower your heart rate, your cortisol levels, and your insulin levels. Maybe because you're not eating during that one and a half hour massage. <laughs> I don't know so much about this study, that finding of it, but, um, but the oxytocin, the connection, even if it's with a total stranger. I, I remember being a restaurant server. And one thing that all the manuals for if you want to make more tips as a restaurant server mention is just touch people a tiny bit, like just their shoulder as you pass or something simple like that, because it's a great way to have a connection with a person. And so a masseuse can do that for you too, just by putting their hands on you for an hour and or an hour and a half mm-hmm. in a nice way. Yeah, in a mm-hmm. helpful way. Yeah, in a helpful way. Uh, number eight, 
investing time in a creative hobby. So this can be anything, right? I mean, this podcast is like a listicle. Yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit like rapid fire, but I mean, yeah. these are all, I mean, none of these are shocking, right? Everybody knows that if you go for a massage, you'll probably feel relaxed. What? Like, that's, we're not, we're not saying anything super <laughs> counterintuitive here, but it, I think it is just helpful to think about these are the proven things that work. And I mean, sometimes the things that are proven to work are the ones that are intuitive and there's a reason for that, right? Um, but yeah, of course, investing time in a creative hobby. This is another one of those things that will give you a sense of accomplishment. I think also gives you that kind of focus as you get into a sense of flow, like yeah. maybe it's woodworking or writing or painting or whatever it is that gives your body and your mind some time to relax, right? Yeah. Um, but still creating something productive. So you'll have that sense of accomplishment at yeah. the end of it. And the sense of feedback along the way. So this is something that we so often miss with our work today. Uh, we work on these long-term projects, often virtually these days, and it can be a while until we get feedback from somebody, whether that's a customer or a boss or somebody that we, we report into. And the immediate feedback, the physicality from creative hobbies, uh, painting is a great example. You can see your creation come to life. Playing an instrument, you can hear immediately what you're playing. There's that feedback loop that doesn't just allow you to learn or get better, but is critical for uh, understanding the importance of our actions. And so sometimes work can kind of train the fact that what we do and what we say is critically important because we don't have that immediate source of feedback. So whether it's writing, you can see the words in front of you, painting, woodworking, any creative hobby that lets you slow down, an incredible strategy as well. Awesome. Number nine, not for everybody, but it could be for you, is prayer or attending a religious service. And this connects you with some higher purpose, whether it's um, religious or spiritual, and has also been shown to significantly reduce the levels of stress hormones in your body. And so, again, you know, not all the advice on, uh, on this list of all these nine things will work for you. But the idea is pick a couple that work for you and leave the rest to invest in and, and just kind of have some fun while you relieve the stress. Yeah. And, and don't make this another thing on your to-do list. I mean, yeah. this should not be another source of stress is <laughs> doing all of these things to try to relax, right? Yeah. Take a couple, find what works for you and also do one thing at a time, right? Yeah. Don't try to listen to music while listen, or listening to an audiobook while doing a nature walk. No, just do one thing at a time. Give your brain that space to really single task. Yeah. We, we have this tendency, I, I call it the productivity mindset. That's kind of how I've come to think about it, where we're always thinking about the returns of each moment of our day, as if accomplishment is all that matters with regard to how we have spent our time over the course of the day, the week, a life, uh, a year, whatever time scale you want to think about things on. Set that aside when you relieve stress. You don't want that nagging productivity mindset to be yet another source of that kind of background hum of stress. Uh, we've got enough stress in our life that's imposed by external circumstances and other people that is difficult to prevent. And so do keep that in mind. And uh, another critical thing, we talk about awareness a lot on the podcast, noticing that you're stressed in the first place. You know, if you're playing poker with somebody, you'll probably find that they have tells. 
And when it comes to stress, you probably have tells as well. Uh, maybe you're a bit more irritable or your partner complains that you're being irritable. Maybe you're eating more because you feel uh, the presence of certain emotions that weren't there otherwise and you're looking for a distraction. Maybe you're biting your nails. That was uh, me right now. I look at my yeah. nails and they were painted yesterday and now they look like a disaster <laughs> yeah, and have no nail polish left. So I'm going to go for a run after this because oh. uh, I'm noticing I'm a little stressed. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perceptually coupling to something that isn't the thoughts in your mind by engaging with essentially eating your hands is, uh, yeah, is another strategy. It, but, uh, sure. but, but, you know, we have all these tells that we're feeling a bit unsettled. Notice your tells or notice uh, the tells of, of um, or, or ask the people that you live with or that you see every day uh, to be mindful of your tells because, you know, these strategies, stress is, is a legitimate thing that can compromise our productivity when we're not careful. We've talked about burnout before on the podcast and burnout is a result of chronic stress. That's the definition of burnout from the World Health Organization. And that buildup of chronic stress can lead to cynicism. Wow. We're living through kind of a cynical time if you read the op-eds and the news, maybe because we're a bit stressed out, we're a bit tired, Uh, feeling unproductive, feeling exhausted. Those are the, the trifecta of burnout symptoms, and they're caused by chronic stress. And so if you find that you have a bit extra chronic stress these days, A, I wouldn't be surprised, but B, it's important to be a bit pragmatic with uh, the, the stress release strategies that you engage with because there really is a lot of room uh, to feel better during a time that is stressful uh, in your life and all of our lives. And so I hope uh, you can find something on this list that works for you. But anything that makes you happy, anything that makes you feel connected, makes you feel calm, makes you feel accomplished, right? In that you engage with your mind or create something that isn't rooted in traditional accomplishment. Maybe it's engaging with a piece of art or a piece of creation. Very important outlets, especially right now. Beautiful. So finishing up, Becoming Better Show Dot com. That, that's the URL for now. We are working on the new art and the new title. We're brainstorming the new title. We think we got one that is a bit less corny than yeah. the current. But, oh man, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it'll yeah. be great. It'll, it'll be fun. It's, it's, it's a fun title. If you have a title you think might be better than that, Chris at a life of productivity.com, you can email it. Uh, we'd love to send you a podcast postcard. You know, we can write you a little note sign the postcard, send it right off to you. Uh, If you leave a review of the show, guaranteed, we'll send you one. Uh, Just email me the fact that you did leave the review, chris at alifeofproductivity.com. We hope you have a calm, stress-free couple of weeks and the chance to slow down a little bit, maybe. That'd be a fun topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.